Welcome to the Academy Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing rich content for the purpose of spiritual growth. I'm your host, Claire McKeever Burgett, and I serve as the Associate Director of the Academy for Spiritual Formation, an international ministry of the Upper Room. The Academy creates transformative space for people to connect with God, self, others, and creation for the sake of the world. The Academy podcast is one offering from a rich well of content sprung from deep relationship building with wisdom guides, pilgrim participants, and wholehearted leaders we've had the honor of knowing throughout the past 36 years. Thank you to all those who've joined us on the journey, and if you're new with us today, welcome. We're glad you're here. The Academy podcast was recently named by Feedspot Blog as a top 15 spiritual audio podcast and radio you must subscribe and listen to in 2019. We're honored to make such a list and hope you'll join us in celebrating this lovely accolade. To learn more about the Academy, visit academy.upperroom.org. This month's podcast features teaching from Wilkie Au on the art of prayer and discernment in the Christian life. He offered this teaching at a five-day academy in 2017 in Florida. Inviting listeners and learners alike to take off your shoes and walk gently on the ground of experience, Wilkie offers us deep insight into how all of life is an invitation into deep discernment and therefore deep connection with God. Wilkie is the author of award-winning books, By the Way of the Heart, Toward Holistic Spirituality, and The Enduring Heart, Spirituality for the Long Haul. His books have been translated into Spanish, Polish, Chinese, and Korean, and published in foreign editions in Great Britain, India, and the Philippines. Wilkie is Emeritus Professor of Theological Studies at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, California and is a leader in the field of spirituality and formation for spiritual direction and pastoral ministry. With gentle love, Wilkie invites us to listen deeply to our own cries of the Spirit, to pay attention to our everyday lives, and to see God in everything. With this hope and this prayer, this intention and this purpose, we turn now to the wisdom offered here. Listen on, beloveds, and enjoy. At every point in our life, if we scan the horizons, we might be able to detect and discern how God is offering us new life. And that is the purpose of discernment. At each point, like Buchner says, God is like this director, off wings, off stage, in the wings, prompting us, go for that, go for that, you can do it, go for it. But we have to look at some of the obstacles to listening to that and then following it. Because sometimes those obstacles are within us and we have to be aware of what's keeping us from choosing life. So a crisis comes unbidden into our lives. We don't invite a crisis in. It just happens when something that used to work, no longer does. It could be a relationship, it could be a work, it could be a form of prayer. And then we have to look at it and then see how God is leading us to respond to this crisis.
Now, the Chinese word for crisis is a bound form. The top character means danger, and the second is opportunity. A crisis may be something that you recognize in your life, and that something that you might have to use to work, but it no longer does. Now, the, the danger is if we hang on to something because it's familiar and it's safe. The opportunity is uh, if we allow ourselves to stay in liminal space, space of not knowing, the teachable moment when we're off balance and we're really tuned into how God is guiding us, and like the Israelites in the desert, and they're all tuned in because they're desperately needing guidance and direction. And so liminality is a time when all of a sudden the ground underneath shakes and we've lost our bearing and we really desperately need guidance. And God keeps us in that liminal space as long as, until we get the message. Until we can know what we need to do. So that's a function of spiritual direction. A lot of us who are spiritual direction there, to help people who are discerning major things to stay in that liminality, trusting that it's sacred space because God is present in it, and not do a premature closure on it just for the sake of ceasing their anxieties. But live with that anxiety of not knowing until you become clear. Now, I think if we try to follow... The Lord was the Lord of the dance. Uh, we get a lot of audibles. We need to be tuned into what those audibles are. Because the Lord, God, the living God, is like Buchner say, giving us clues how to play our part best in this situation we're in. You know who's a great example of... Um, the sermon is Mary at the Annunciation. Because she is so sensitive and tuned in to the presence and voice of God. You know, these medieval paintings don't do her justice because who could miss the angel Gabriel coming in like a feathered 747 jet crashing in, you know? It wouldn't take much sensitivity for a married you notice this? But you know in the movies uh, by Zeffirelli, Jesus? He has Mary as a simple Jewish maid doing her housework. And all of a sudden, she is so contemplative in her stance and her posture. She notices a beam of light shining through the window. Intense beam of light. And she knows that she's in the presence of the Holy. That's what I'm talking about in terms of discernment as a contemplative stance. That we foster this sensitivity, the attunement to how the Holy One leads us. The Holy One is in our midst, leading us. So the sermon as a contemplative posture. And it's based on the idea that we live in a world that's sunk, to, sunk in God, soaked in in God, a drenched in divinity. We lived in what Teilhard de Charmin, the Jesuit paleontologist, said, we live in a divine milieu. We live in a divine milieu. And Teilhard de Chardin said something that I put on my ordination card. He says, let us leave the surface 
and without leaving the world, plunge into God. And so, what I'm inviting you to is an Ignatian approach to spirituality, which is a way of descent. It's not leaving your home, your environment, but going deeper to discover where God is in everything in our lives. So in Exodus 3, Moses is doing his day job. He's taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. And all of a sudden he sees a bush and then it is a, a flame but not being consumed. And he's moved by curiosity, so he walks towards that bush. And all of a sudden he hears the voice of the creator of the universe, the Lord of history, say to him, Moses, Moses, come no further, take off your shoes, because the place where you stand is holy ground. The place where we stand is our experience, all of our experiences. And Ignatian spirituality says that experience is the language of God. So last night, Jim Cook mentioned the Ignatian awareness examine, and that's just a short prayer. It's shining the flashlight of faith over our day to see how God has shown up in our day. That's all it is in the events, the interactions, the thoughts, all of that. Because God is in that experience. So uh, Gerald Manley Hopman says that the world is charged with the grandeur of God. And it will flash forth like shining from shook foil. This is a beautiful image, isn't it? We live in the divine milieu. The world is charged with the grandeur of God. And it will shine, flash forth like shining from shook foil. Or for Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and eyes, not his, but in the features of men's faces, placed to the Father, in men and women's faces. It breaks the poetic rhythm, but to make it inclusive, that's what he meant. For Christ placed in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and eyes, not his, to the Father in the features of men's faces. And Elizabeth Barrett. Browning says that earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush a fire with God. But only those who see take off their shoes. The rest stand around it and pluck blackberries. <laughs> and the Jesuit poet did a little twist on that. A historian, actually, Charlie O'Neill. He says only those who take off their shoes see. Barrett Browning says, only those who see take off their shoes. But both are true. It's a paradox. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing this week, is really trying to take off our shoes. So we walk gently on the ground of our experience and see the presence of God, the burning bush. So how long did Moses have to look at this bush to get it? How long do you think he had to look at the bush again? Trick question. Could he go like this and get it? That it was a flame but not being consumed? Probably not, right? Because if you ever try to start a fire and lit up kindling wood, it'd take at least three to five minutes, right? For you to see the thing turn into ashes. So Moses had to look at that burning bush for at least three to five minutes to get it. And Rabbi Lawrence Kushner tells the story, says, that's the problem with all of us, or many of us. We don't look at anything for more than three to five minutes 
So we often are caught dozing when the Holy One shows up in our midst. We miss the burning bush. So there's a story of this guy who's bent over the um, his parking lot, <clears throat> and uh, a passerby says to him, "Hey, what are you doing?" He says, uh, "This guy's a drunkard." He says, um, "Well, I lost my keys over there, but I'm looking for them here <laughs> because there's more light." <laughs> so I tell that story because. If we try to find God any place other than our experience, we're going to be like that drunk. We have to look at our experience. That's where God is. And so, that's what I was invited to. When I uh, was diagnosed with cancer, I, I thought of cancer as a difficult grace. Difficult because scary and disruptive. I had to cancel a lot of the things. Appointments, spiritual direction. I saw about, I see about 20 people a month. Maybe a little bit more, 20 plus. And I had to cancel three conferences. One for the Methodist spiritual directors meeting in Houston. The heart's on fire. I had to cancel my uh, presentation at SDI. My wife and I were presenting our new book. And I had to cancel... The two-year academy in Alabama. So yeah, that we kind of, did miss you. Excuse me? We did miss you. <laughs> we got a good stuff. So. Uh, anyway, so it was disruptive and it was scary. Because in the nine days I waited for the pathology report, I really didn't know whether I was going to live and how long I was going to live. But it was a grace. Because, well, for two reasons. One... I was finally so weak and vulnerable, I was able to let in people's love for me in a way that I never could before. And one day I was trying to tell my wife my deep appreciation for her because my cancer put me on the couch for six months, but it also hijacked her life. And she was a caretaker, caregiver, excuse me. I couldn't get the right words for her. Then I was looking through this book called uh, Fire Monks, and the author in an afterwards, we had nothing to do with the story, was talking about her husband's diagnosis and treatment. And she said, you know, when I think back at him, he's okay now, he's in remission, I am surprised by a feeling of longing for that time of high relief when so much love was drawn into focus. And that is such a beautiful way of putting it. So for me, cancer was a time when so much love was drawn into focus. I look at all the emails I got and cards. One of my sister-in-laws came, flew down and spent three weeks with us. She's an oncology nurse. Another sister-in-law wrote me a card, a letter, every week. And then on and on, there's so many expressions of love. And then the other thing I learned is I looked, see, I had to think of this cancer not as an interruption, but as the main event. Eugene Peterson said, faith is not so much our way to God in our terms, but God's way to us on God's terms. I think that's so powerful because it helped me frame that this was the main event. Living with cancer, and how was God going to approach me through this? And one way in which God did approach me 
was uh, as the risen Jesus as the consoler. St. Ignatius of Loyola in his spiritual exercises says, it really would be helpful if you thought about the risen Jesus' role as a consoler. That he goes about consoling people like a friend would be to a friend. And actually, honestly, even though I was suffering and I had a lot of conflicting emotions, spiritually I was in consolation. Because I felt the presence of the risen Jesus, and I felt, ironically, a kind of a level of peace, love, joy, everything that Paul talks about in Galatians 5. But anyway, so that's the invitation, that the spiritual life is coextensive with our, our whole lives. And um, to be discerning is to have this kind of a stance where we look sensitively and hopefully at everything that makes up our lives to discover the God that is there once you give us God's self. There's a point in the middle of Wilkie's teaching in which he encourages us to take off our shoes so we can walk gently on the ground of our experience and see the presence of God. This line, this invitation, calls to me for many reasons. First and foremost, because I love to be barefoot. I eagerly await warmer temperatures to arrive so I can traipse around the house and the yard with my bare feet connecting to the earth beneath me. As a yoga and Nia teacher, we practice our movement barefoot, believing the beginning of our practice begins from the ground and then moves its way up. Upon completing my NIA intensive training in 2008, I had the word free tattooed on my left foot as a reminder of how I feel when I move and breathe and dance with bare feet. Wilkie's invitation, however, invites me to go deeper into the reality that taking off our shoes helps us walk more gently, tread more lightly, pay more attention. That there's something about bare feet touching the earth that helps us see God more clearly. Perhaps this is because the earth, as theologian Sally McFaig asserts, is God's body. Perhaps this is because without the barrier of socks or shoes, we can become more aware of what we touch and therefore what touches us. Throughout the remainder of this Lenten season, may our feet become bare, may our senses become heightened, may our eyes become wide at the presence of the holy among us. And who knows, maybe taking off our shoes to walk gently on the ground of our experience can be a spiritual practice we adopt as we walk the road to Jerusalem. However you journey, May it be with hearts, eyes, minds, and bodies wide open to the presence, the mystery, the holiness of God. To hear more from faculty and wisdom guides like Wilkie Au, Join us at the next five-day or two-year academy. For more information, visit academy.org.
www.upperroom.org.